Welcome to the First Baptist Church podcast from First Baptist Church in Navasota, Texas. For more information, visit fbcnavasota.org. The, the really cool thing is, guys, if, if God gives little boys and girls things to say, realizations of what he's doing, how much more so does he want to get all of us former children to be able to have the exact same experience with him. Guys, it's fun watching them. It's fun listening to them. But think of it this way. God looks at you and me and wants to have the same experience Joe had with them as, as he wants to have with you this morning. That's what worship really is, a time when you are close to God, focusing on him. I watched while, while Joe, you did such a great job uh, herding cats this morning. And, and as you were doing it, it kind of got me that, that as many times as I'm sitting in church and my microphone goes out or, or something happens that wants to go ahead and snatch my attention away from the Father, God doesn't allow that to happen when we go into real worship because you and I become fixed on Him. And anything that's not on Him, we start going, wait a minute, I'm missing God. And you kind of push reset and you go back to the place where He begins to become the focus again. I hope that's your heart this morning. Guys, we're going to talk about, um, we're going to talk about the weather this morning. Which way the, the wind blows? Okay, without consulting your cell phone, which way is the wind blowing right now? From what direction is the wind blowing? You're pointing, Steve. Okay, you're pointing. It's coming from that way? There is no wind? What were you, Bosco, what were you doing outside? All right. Um, when the wind blows in this time of year, it generally comes from the south-southeast to the north-northwest, generally. During the winter, it generally comes from the northwest down, generally, not all the time. We know which way the wind blows because we have these wonderful things called cell phones and satellites and things like that that tell us this information. But years and years ago, we didn't know which way the wind blew unless we had some type of a device that would go ahead and show direction and we could never know what was coming and what was, in fact, looming. In 1974, Annie Herring wrote a song while sitting at her piano that seemed to fit what her life was about at that moment. She and her husband, Buck, had taken in her two younger siblings after their parents, her parents, had died and began raising teenagers after being married less than one year. She commented later in an interview that if she'd known before this had happened, that this was God's plan for her, she might have skipped town. Instead, the wind of her life blew a direction that was completely different than what she thought it would be. 
Hurricane Irma was a horrific storm that was one of the worst hurricanes to hit the southeast United States in its history. It came straight up the midline of Florida and then continued on to devastate the Atlantic coastline in 2017. And while folks knew it was coming because of weather alerts and the satellites, because of cell phone traffic and the internet, no one knew exactly where or how bad it would be. You can know that there's a storm in your life that is coming, but only God really knows the time, the place, the who, the what, the where, and more importantly, only He knows the outcome of any storm that may come in your life. And for some of you right now, there may be a storm that has brewed or has hit your life. And you're in the midst of the swirl of that that confusion of that, that issue. And you don't know what the outcome's going to be. Let me share with you something. God's already seen tomorrow. He already knows what's going to happen. He knows what's going to happen to your life. Guys, I'm going to share something with you. I believe that God knows Every person in this room, by name, by face, by His love, and when Jesus hung on the cross, He knew your name and your face, where you had been, what you had done, loved you anyway, died for you anyway. And listen to me, I also believe that He knows the exact number of days in His perfect plan that you are going to exist as a human being. Please hear what I'm going to say. You are an eternal being. You are a being created by God to live for eternity. Not just a person that is inhabiting a body right now in this wonderful place called Texas, in this wonderful little town called Navasota. God has something far greater in His plan for you. Guys, I believe He knows exactly how long you will live. Think about that for a minute. Because what that allows you to do is live right now completely and totally devoid of fear. You don't have to sit there and go, well, i got to be really careful here because, ooh, bad things might happen. Let me share with you. This is a bad world we live in. This is a fallen place. At any given moment, as much preparation as you and I can make to try to protect our families, our lives, everything. As much as we put in there to try to protect those things, at that moment, God can go and say, you know what, I have a better plan, and it is you being in heaven right now. And at the drop of a stroke or a heartbeat, you could be with Him. Maybe before this sermon is over. The reason I share that with you is that when you come to the knowledge that Jesus Christ loves you and has a plan for your life, and that plan includes every day that you will ever draw breath, every day that you will open your eyes and see the sunshine, then you can live a life devoid of worry. It doesn't mean that you go ahead and say, Hey! I'm going to drive 120 miles an hour on Highway 6. That's not what that plan is. It means you live 
within that wonderful boundary of God's word that says you do it God's way. And he will grant you every breath that you are supposed to take. I share this with you because we're going to look at two scriptures this morning. One from the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes 11.5, if you've got your Bible, turn over to that. And then also a related verse in the Gospel of John, John 3.8. We're going to go ahead and share that together. I'm going to invite you to stand together as we read God's Word. We do that to honor the perfect and holy Word of God. This is Ecclesiastes 11.5. Read with me. Just as you do not know the path of the wind, and how bones are formed in the womb of a pregnant woman, so do you not know the activity of God who makes all things. This is John chapter 3, verse 8. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from and where it is going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. May God bless the reading of His Word. Please be seated. Let me ask you a question this morning. This is a real one. You don't have to go ahead and uh, say it's a rhetorical question. Clyde's just trying to get, go ahead and get us thinking one way. What is something you are certain this morning that you know? What is one thing you are certain of that you know? What is it? You know Jesus, okay? One thing you're certain that you know this morning. Nice job. Serious sucking up. Did you got guys, did you see that? That's pretty cool. <laughs> I got to watch them hold hands for the first time here at church. Church is worth coming to. We're I've told y'all that. Never mind. We're walking down from Sunday school. And here's Wendy. And and as 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 Wendy and Donnie are walking outside these double glass doors down the sides to park up in the balcony because they wanted to park up there because they wanted to hold hands and not let any of you all see it. As they're walking down there, I see Donnie reach over and grab her hand. And Lauren, Lauren was sitting there with me over by the donuts. We're sitting and she goes, look, 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 look. It was so cool. It really was. I'm so glad y'all love each other. What's one thing you're certain of? Come on, one more. God has a plan for you. Absolutely. Here's some things that, that you might think of as being certain. The love of your family. Things you're certain of. That the sun is going to come up. Sam mentioned this earlier. The love of Almighty God. Things that you are absolutely certain of. Guys, listen. Everyone in here ought to have at least two or three things that you're certain of. That you're absolutely, no doubt, aware is, is incontrovertible. You're certain of. You see, you can, sit, you can sense things that are happening in your life. You can sense things that are moving in your life and changing. But there are some things you can't predict or control in any of these areas, any of these things, some of those things tend to be kind of, well, really kind of negative. 
all right? Things like age, can't control it. You can sense it's coming. Your health, loved ones, death. All these things seem to only dwell on a negative aspect, but there is another side to this too. When you think of things that you can't control, that you know, that you sense, that you can see parts of, but you don't get the whole picture of it. You don't know where the wind is blowing here or where it is going. Some of those good things are things like, well, kids. I was watching you all as Joe was doing the children's sermon. Virtually everybody from Randy all the way over to Sam were sitting there grinning, thankful to God that they were not Joe at that moment. You're having a great time listening to him. Listening to the, to the little boys, the, the little girls, there's not a book. Guys, we need to go ahead and raise up some boys that are fearless to stand or sit in a pile of girls, okay? We've got to find us some of those kind of guys. Children, grandchildren, they're wonderful. Family, grandchildren, by the way, are better than children. You know why? You can give them back to their parents and they can leave, all right? They're wonderful. Grandchildren are wonderful. These are things you can't control. Family. All of these things that are wonderful. Football. You can't control. Well, we're not even going to mention that. That sounds negative again after yesterday, okay? Not even going to mention that again. The point is, we may know the presence and existence of all of these things, but without the control, we seek to maneuver them into the place we want them to be or we want them to be in our consent. When the writer of Ecclesiastes penned those words, it was before Jesus ever breathed his first breath. But it matched perfectly the very words that Jesus would share with Nicodemus in John's Gospel, chapter 3. When Nicodemus and the others gathered around there said, what do I have to do in order to be right with God? What do I have to do? And as it ends up getting around that, that verse that you and I know out of John 3 so well, John 3.16, that Jesus shared that God loves you so much that, that knowing everything about you and knowing where you are going to be, what you are doing right now, what you're thinking right now, God knows that and He wants to go ahead and nevertheless draw you into a relationship with Him. That's the Holy Spirit's work. Drawing you closer and closer and closer to be with Jesus. So let me ask you this. If you knew God, knew all of these things, knew everything that's going on in your life, knew all of the things that were out of your control, would you trust Him leading your life? You see, this is the real question and the key question of all of our lives. How much am I going to let God have a shot at me? I want to share with you that God will, God will only take you if you are willing to say, you got all of me. Not just my Sunday mornings or my Wednesday nights, but you have all that time between those 
gates. God, you can have access to everything. Because guys, God is uncontrolled, unconquered. He wants to be able to come into your life and literally transform you, not change you, not change you. Changing means we morph you from one thing to another. He wants to transform you. That means rebuild you from the core out so that you're different than you are right now. And guys, that doesn't happen by getting religion, joining a church, getting baptized, any of those religious things. None of that really matters. What matters is when you and I come to a place where we say, okay, God, I do not know where the wind is blowing in my life. The Spirit of God, according to John 3, 8, says, you know where, where I have been, where I've come from, where I'm going right now, and what my future is. And if that's the case, God, I'm all on board with you. And when you make that confession to God, He takes you up on it. And what He will do is to begin the core transfer of transplanting Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit into your life. And once He takes up residence there, He will begin to mold you like we shared last week, like Lexi did. Mold you into the image of Christ. Slowly but surely. Getting rid of the chaff. Getting rid of the stuff that doesn't look like Jesus. Guys, listen to me. So many times, this is aimed mostly at fellows. So guys, if you're here this morning, I need your eyes and your ears for about 15 seconds. Most of the time, us guys, when God calls our name, we'll say, yeah, but. Because guys, we have been told we've got to be in charge. There's something built in men that wants to say, I'm charting my own destiny, my own course. Thanks God for loving me and dying on the cross. But I got this. And if that's you this morning, God wants to go ahead and have a shot at you to change the core. Transform the core of you. Not let you live and suffer out in an existence that is virtual zero. The real question of how much I allow God to control me, for many folks it is in fact zero. We have almost made cult heroes out of maverick, uncontrollable, and unconquerable characters who ride out into the sunset owing no one any allegiance. Think of John Wayne and the searchers walking out the door, highlighted there, darkness all around and the sunlight in the door, and he walks away. Think of Clint Eastwood as he's on a nameless horse as he's riding away, stuck with a tiny two-bit cigar in his mouth. We make those folks heroes. Let me share with you guys, there are no cowboys in Christ. Don't worry about that. It's not that I hate the football team in Dallas, and it has nothing to do with Western culture. The idea of the cowboy as the lone person 
by himself. You know, that's completely antithetical to what the Bible says we are to be. It says we are people that ought to be around other people that are Christ followers. For all those folks that would say, you know what, I need Jesus, and once I have him in my life, I don't need the church, I don't need to go to church, I need to worship, let me share with you. That's a lie from the pit of hell. You do need other people. You know why I need other people? I need other people to tease me, to hug me. I need other people in Christ to hold me accountable so that when they see me doing something that I shouldn't be doing, they're like, whoa, 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 Clyde, hold on there. That's account- That's why we need other people in Christ. It's not being busybodies, and it's not people that go ahead and hover around you, seeing if they can find fault with you. It is God putting people in your life and mine so that we will, be end- we will end up having God's true north right here, and the Holy Spirit uses them, His Word, and everything else to guide us to where we are lined up with Christ. That's God's plan for you this morning. That's where the wind blowing in your life needs to be. If you knew that God knew all of these things, would you trust Him? Let me share with you, He does know all these things. And He will do what He says He will do. He knows when this sermon will end. Some of you all are wondering if it ever will. He also knows what your response will be to the invitation to follow Him this morning. And He patiently waits for your consent to trust Him. Think about that. Wow. God waiting on you. You see, this morning, you can know Him. And according to John 3.8, you can also know what your tomorrow is going to be. Your tomorrow and your tomorrow's tomorrow. You can know that. Did you catch God's word in John chapter 3? It says the Holy Spirit works where He wants to, doing what He wants to, when He wants to. He knows when the right time is to call your name or call it again to come and follow Him. Not like you used to do, but like right now. Like this morning. He knows where the wind blows and where you are going and He wants you to go with Him this morning. 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ died on a cross and the Bible says when He did that, He paid for your sin. Your sin. He took the sin and the penalty from sinning. All because of you. And our response has to be something more than, yeah, I knew that. I knew that. That's a constant. It ought to be something more like, I can give myself up to a God like that. What's your answer to it? Let's pray.